0: Hey, it's Jen, and welcome back to our community. This podcast is where we're getting real about wellness rituals, life changing habits, and having relatable conversations with friends about mental health, social media, morning routines, or lack thereof. And we're talking about that thing that you thought no one else could relate to. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our community. I am so excited to be on the mic right now because I have been feeling so good. So let's dive into what's in alignment and out of alignment for us this week. And as always, you reflect on your weeks as well. So I want to keep this quick because my AC is off so that you don't hear it and I'm schvitzing. So (laughs) let's dive in. What's in alignment for me this week is... Compared to the last two weeks, my period's finally over and I'm back in a workout routine. I was traveling and then I was traveling in Colorado, high altitude, all the things. And then I came home and got my period. And so then I, which we'll get into with that. This is all the stuff that was out of alignment for me, honestly, but through my back out, all of these things. And this week I'm back feeling great in a workout routine in a groove feeling really good so that is what's in alignment for me this week and what's out of alignment i would say is i threw my back out so in the gym i think honestly with like this half marathon training and trying to be in the gym and all the things like i'm just going to stop trying to use really fancy equipment and kettlebells and all the things that like i don't know i just feel like i i guess i did too much and i threw my back out and i was out for a couple of days i was icing my back heating my back Arnica cream, Advil, like all of the things to get myself to a place where I could work out again. And I did. So I was really proud of myself that I did all the right things. I have my new standing desk converter. So I would stand a lot of the day because sitting is not great when your back is strained. All the things. I would ice it overnight. So I was really proud of how I handled it. But we're back. So that was out of alignment. And then I also just started having this looming feeling since Colorado that like I was wasting my summer away. I feel like I have no plans in August, although I do have some things coming up, like a lot of things to look forward to in September. But I was like, I feel like I have no plans in August. And I love summer usually because there's so many plans. And I just am like, where is everyone? All my friends are in the Hamptons. And I just started to feel a little bit like lonely and like, what am I doing with my summer? But whatever. I hate summer anyway. So we have like a month and a half to go and we'll be back on track with the fall, which is my favorite season ever. And I have a really good feeling about this fall. I'm going to finally do something for my birthday this year, which I never do. And hopefully maybe we'll get engaged in the fall. Who knows? And one of my best friends, her engagement party is going to be in the fall. Ethan and I are going to go upstate like we always do. We got to plan that. So good things looking up ahead. Let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) Okay. My product recommendation of the week is my standing desk converter. I have been, I mean, I'm late to the game here. Like I'm literally three years late, never had a standing desk, never had a walking pad. And all I do is think about it. So on Black Friday, not Black Friday, Amazon Prime Day, I finally got a standing desk converter because I didn't want to go through with the entire standing desk. So I was like, let's try out the converter, see if I use it. I'm obsessed. I will link it down below. Like, I'm so obsessed. I thought that maybe I wouldn't end up using it. But like every day of my life, I hit a point where I'm like, I can't sit anymore. I'm going crazy. And now when that happens and I feel like my body's tensing or tightening up, especially with all the activity I'm doing in the morning, I just stand on up and it's been great and perfect timing with throwing my back out. So that is my product recommendation of the week. Let's get into this week's episode with Denise Lee. She is the founder of Alala. If you don't have their clothes, what are you doing? My favorite workout clothes, I cannot even believe. She has a self-funded multi-million dollar apparel brand, Alala, that only... Not only brings joy to women through sophisticated, high-quality clothing, but also seeks to advance dialogue around body positivity. I can't freaking speak today. We talk all about how she started her business just with like she was training for a triathlon and she didn't like any of the clothes she was wearing. She talks about mindset and business, like overcoming body image struggles and imposter syndrome as an entrepreneur and how to make your first million dollars as an entrepreneur. Her experience as a woman of color in business all of the things. We talk about getting through hard days, navigating career changes, and I really think you'll love it. So if you are a Spotify viewer, just know I recorded this intro audio only, but feel free to pop back in for the in-studio footage of this interview. The videos come in in just a second, and please continue to post screenshots of you watching this or listening to this while you're on your hot girl walks, Put it on your IG story, send it to a friend, it really helps, and I'll chat to you later. Millionaire by 35. Does that make you, like, cringe or proud when I say that? (laughs) I think it makes me really proud. I love that. You know? Okay, good. (laughs) So, I want to talk about how this all started, and what intrigues me from your story is that it started with training for a triathlon. Yeah, it did. I'm training for a half marathon, which is (laughs) nowhere even near that. But I, I hear it's all addicting. So it's like you kind of, I feel like after half marathon, I'll want to do marathon mm-hmm. and then who knows, maybe triathlon one day. How was that experience for you? And how did it lead you to, I want to be an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah. So doing a triathlon was on my bucket list for before I turned 30. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. And I was so lucky to have a couple of friends who wanted to do it with me. And so We started training together, and and that made it a lot easier. That's more Uh, fun. (laughs) Yeah, but it was really interesting and challenging because I had not been on a bike for a really long time before that. And, like, you know, when you're doing the try, like, you have, like, the clip-in shoes and all that. And I hadn't swum for, like, so long either. So it was a whole experience that, you know, I had to, like, really be focused to get into and, like, be dedicated to because, like, obviously on the race day you don't want to be – Floating out in the water by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we we ended up training, I think, almost six days a week. Wow. Like two runs, two bikes, and then two swims a week, which is a lot.
0: That's wild. Yeah. Okay, so was it that experience that kind of made you be like, this was a fun challenge. I want to do something else challenging and be an entrepreneur? Or was it more, I don't like any of the clothes I'm wearing. I'm going to create my own.
1: Yeah, that was the second one. Okay. So... I'd always been in fashion. Like I've been in fashion for my whole career and I just love it and I know how transformative it can be. So when I started training for the try, you know, I was like I'm going to go buy some new workout gear cuz I know it's going to motivate me to do my 6 days of training a week. Um and this was 10 years ago and so, you know, while I was looking for clothes, like there just wasn't really too much out in the market at the time. Again, this was 10 years ago, so it was very different than now, but you know, going to the stores and looking at all the brands, I was just not feeling like anything was really speaking to me or like, oh, like this is my brand, you know, that I love. And so I started realizing like, oh, is there a white space in this activewear market? And turns out there was because this whole new industry of like athleisure companies and activewear companies sprung up um, has sprung up over the last 10 years. You got in at the right time. Yeah, totally. We launched the season that like athleisure became a word. Wow. Yeah. And so we were able to like, the timing was really good. We were able to ride that
0: for like marketing too. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I do want to mention I'm wearing the seamless top. It's so cute. As I mentioned, started my running journey. This is like the only top that I wear. And I also want to say, the which you still sell the like bar seamless tea the Mm -hmm, tea mm -hmm. i've been wearing that maybe since you first launched like (laughs) forever i think it was like my first piece of athleisure that was actually cute and not just like lululemon like that's where i shopped i feel like until bandier opened up and all these like athletic wear companies opened up but that tea and this tank are the two things i wear to feel totally confident and like Just even like I don't like wearing tank tops to work out, to be honest, Mm -hmm. like I don't I'm not the most secure and like my arms and upper body and posture. So I don't really like to look at that at the gym. It's like a little discouraging. Yeah. But I will wear this Alala tank because something about how you made it is so Flattering oh, and good. comfortable. I'm obsessed with it.
1: Good. I'm so happy you said that. I'm so happy you're liking the pieces. Oh my God, I'm in, in <laughs> love. This seamless collection is one of our best selling collections. And I think it's, you know, because they fit really well and they just feel so nice on your body. And I think they're super flattering on like a lot of body types.
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's like a mix between they're super flattering. And sculpting, but mm-hmm. then buttery soft somehow. Yeah, yeah. Like, how the hell did you do that? <laughs> which makes me think, like, did you have any, which totally fine if the answer is no, did you have any failures before this business? So this is my
1: first business. Wow. And, you know, I've definitely failed a lot in the business. Yeah, okay. And made a lot of mistakes in the business. So, you know, I would say, yeah. Um, I wish... You know, I think we take all these learnings and the next time we do something or, you know, for even the next year of Alala, we take all those and kind of learn from them and, and try not to make those same mistakes. But I think right. that's inevitable, it's inevitable. It's like each
0: launch. Mistakes. Right. Exactly. What I keep hearing in entrepreneurship is like, which I'm getting comfortable with in terms of like accepting and almost embracing that there can be something you think is going to be it like this is the thing that's gonna you know be the thing that makes me wealthy or makes Mm -hmm. me blow up or whatever it is and like it's okay if that's not it and it's okay for your dreams to kind of evolve and take different forms like I think sometimes something I've been thinking about is sometimes we hold on to our dreams because we're like we made a promise to ourselves and we believed in ourselves so much that it's like you don't want to give up on that dream until you've accomplished the thing And then maybe you can go to the next thing, but it's okay. It's okay for your, your ideas of like what you want out of your future to change. But it sounds like, I don't know how old you were when you started Alala, but it sounds like you had the idea and you just went for it and maybe you made mistakes along the way and maybe your dream of what Alala was going to be.
1: Did you allow that to evolve and change and whatnot throughout the years too? Yeah. So I think, yes, I did. Uh, you know, being a first time entrepreneur, I think there's so much you learn, right, as you're going through the process. Um, one of the things that, you know, I think from when I started to hear, which has been almost 10 years, there has been a very clear vision this whole time of what I want Alala to be, to stand for, to mean. And that hasn't changed so much. But along the way, you know, maybe it was, team members that came into the company or maybe there were people outside of the company giving me advice like it's definitely been a windy road to get to where we are now and I think that's something also that you know we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves with because you're learning right as you go just like we're all learning about ourselves as people like we also learn about the brand through time and you know it's great when you start and you're like okay this is who we are this is our customer this is this and it works but a lot of times you need to tweak you need to move around you need to try new things and so for us it's been like a very windy road i think to get to where we are today in terms of you know who we are what we stand for what products we want to be making um And it'll continue to change, I think. I feel like that's the fun of it. Yeah. You know,
0: like allowing it to evolve and evolving with your consumer too. Because it's almost like your consumers probably growing and like having the same pain points as you are through time. So it's like taking that feedback too. Yeah. And like playing around with marketing and whatnot. Okay, so let's say someone's listening, they're 25, and they're like, I too – Just like Denise, want to be a millionaire by 35. What would be your advice to them, whether it's something you wish you knew or just like someone comes to you and they're like, I want to be a millionaire by 35 too. Like what's the secret sauce? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I think one thing that I wish I did more of when I was younger and to be fair, like I knew about it, but I still didn't do it, was educating myself about investing. Okay, So that is something that I think if you can continue if you can put some money into the market and invest your money in the market, you know, it could even be in something fairly safe that you're not going to really lose whatever you put in. That's a way to really get started because 10 years is a short time, but it's a long time, but it's a short time. You know what I mean? Yes. And if you started today at 25, like at 35, let's say the market, an index fund goes up like 10% a year. Mm -hmm. Like you will make some considerable money in 10 years of that compounding. And so I feel like, I always wish I started like investing money earlier in my life. That would have helped a lot, I think, to like where I am today. So that's part of it. Uh. I do want to say on that,
0: (laughs) as someone who's so financially like insecure, it's not my strong suit. I started a few years ago putting money just into the S&P 500 because you don't have to think. It's just the top 500 companies. Warren Buffett recommends it. And I'm just like, I'm just going to put it in there. I don't have to think. I don't have to play around with the market. I don't have to look at it for like 10 years or however long. So that's just a little tip for anyone who's also just like, I guess I want to invest, but I don't really know what the hell I'm doing or trust my decisions or instincts. Just a little pro tip. I did a lot of research and that was like the easiest little like entry point. Yes,
1: I agree. Obviously, we're not giving anybody investment (laughs) advice over here, but, you know, I think it's a easy way to get into the market familiarize yourself and I think people also have like very different appetites for that right like some people love like looking at it go up and down every Every day day. some people like (laughs) want to keep it in there for three years and not have to look at it you know (laughs) so I think the entrepreneurship route is really interesting because you build a lot of value through your company as you start and so I think in a way if you again have the risk appetite and a little bit more you know are drawn to that entrepreneurial life like Starting a company can be a very fast way to get to your first million, right? And I think there are so many ideas and concepts out there that, if well executed, can get you to a million like very quickly. I think you just need to find out, you know, what works for you and what that idea is for you as well.
0: Something that intrigues me about entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship is that there's almost like no cap. Like, you don't have to wait for your corporate job to give you a raise in a year and a half or whatever it is. You yep. know, it's like it's kind of up to you what you put in is what you get out and how much you want to make. But then, obviously, the downside to that is first of all, if you do it wrong, you can lose all your money, yep. but also you're putting so much more of your time, stress, energy money, everything into this, as opposed to like going nine to five, the CEO worries about Mm -hmm. the big decisions and you get to go home at the end of the night. Did you have like a prior corporate experience
1: or were you always like entrepreneurial? So I never worked for a very, very big company. Okay. And I don't think I ever would want to just because I do see, you know, like there's so many caps and you you go from level 16 to 15 and it's like a, a slow climb to the top. And for some people, that is the way to their wealth you know like if you like corporate life and you feel like you're not risk taking enough to want the entrepreneur route like do that you know and you can be very successful that way as well um but for people who i think are drawn to the entrepreneurship route like there are it is it is a lot of risk so i want to say like you know you will be more stressed you will be Reliant on yourself, really. Like at the end of the day, like there's nobody. Even though I have a team, like I am responsible for all the decisions that are made, and right? And for paying that, and team. for paying that team, and for all of that. So you really are taking on a lot more responsibility and, and burden. So I think this is something that people don't talk enough about, right? Because I feel like entrepreneurship right now is very glamorized and glorified when there is a whole side of it that we internally just struggle with, and we really don't talk about very much, because it's not, you know, the sexy thing to talk about. And so I think also in entrepreneurship, there's a lot of comparison, right? And so like, oh, I can see, you know, who's raised money, like, who's done this, who's done that. And like, It's so easy to compare yourself against somebody else who might be further along than you or who might have taken a different route than you. Um, And that gets really stressful, too, because, again, like it all comes back to, to you. And I think one of the things that I really learned through these 10 years of being an entrepreneur is how to separate like your business from you. And like if your business is doing well or your business is doing badly, it's not. You, who's doing badly. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. I feel like in social media,
0: it's like if a video doesn't go viral, it can affect your mental state. And then if it does, it can affect your mental state in the other way. And it's totally. like, how do you separate almost your worth and your value and your mood yeah. from how your work is doing? Yeah. So how do you handle that? <laughs> <laughs> like on a bad day. Or, or you oh. just like, no, that sucks. And like, I don't have an answer.
1: <laughs> I think... Part of me lets, like, my disappointment and frustration, like, fuel me to do better. Okay. But I've also learned that, like, I can get very down when I'm down. You know what I mean? And I don't want to go that down because it's hard to get back up. So for me, like, if I'm feeling vulnerable, if I'm feeling like I'm already, like, in this state where I'm not feeling good about myself, like, I won't look at the sales numbers for that day. Okay. Whether they're good or bad, like, I just won't look. I'll give myself maybe, like, a day or two just to, like, settle back in and feel a little bit more grounded in myself before I start to engage in, like, those things that trigger me,
0: you know? Yeah, it's funny how much it can relate to really anyone doing any business, any social media. Like, you cannot look at the numbers one day. It's all, we're just so dictated by metrics Mm -hmm. and numbers and technology, and it can Mm -hmm. really affect your mood. So I think stepping away is, like,
1: yeah yeah and I think I've done so much personal development work over the last like four or five years that have really made me so much stronger you know the the challenges are still there but it's like how I react and take on those challenges has changed a lot like from when I started to to where I am now
0: and I do just want to say I have definitely fallen victim to the glamorization of entrepreneurship I at one point My community has been on a journey with me. I've been from like corporate to part-time to working for myself to a million side hustles. Now I'm back in corporate. It's been a journey. But something I learned through being, I was a freelancer for a while, was I hate dealing with the invoicing and the Mm -hmm. pitching. Like you have to pitch new. It's not just the creative work you get to do and have the freedom of your own schedule. It's you're taking on all of the business and financial side of it as well. And there's a lot of learning and growth there. But I definitely have a new appreciation for not having to deal with that. So Mm -hmm. someone actually posed the question to me recently. Have you ever been on OKSIS or do you know them? No. OK, Scout Sobal. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, so you know her. I know. (laughs) OK.
0: Yeah. Oh, duh. Yeah. Scout agency. So she's one of my friends. And she said to me the other month when I was like kind of spiraling about you know, do I want to be an entrepreneur or do I want to stay in corporate? She said, you have to figure out what do you value more, the freedom and flexibility of your schedule or the stability and structure of finances. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's just really choosing between those two Mm -hmm. and – it really had me sit back and reflect on, at this point in time, I want more stability and structure. But in another point in my life, I could want more of that freedom, flexibility, don't really care about the consistent paycheck, and whatnot. So I do think it's, like you said, it's kind of important to discuss the the pitfalls
1: of entrepreneurship as well, because I fell victim to that, for sure. Wow. Yeah, no, it's so true. You know, you just have so many more, I think, highs and lows when you're on your own that you don't have when you are getting a steady paycheck every two weeks. And yes, there's sacrifices to both, right? But totally. there are benefits to both. And my dad, both my parents are entrepreneurs. And my dad always said, like, not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, not everybody should be an entrepreneur. You know, like if you value certain things in your life or you need those things because you have a family to take care of, or you you know, you have some responsibilities, like, yeah, maybe it's just not the time. Right. Yeah. And it's okay.
0: And like And that's totally fine. Also it's great to learn from like in your corporate job you could be learning from entrepreneurs who are your bosses, who started the company or whatnot, and learn all these things to then one day if you have this idea, like For you, an idea came to you. You didn't Mm -hmm. force, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Let me brainstorm 10 different ideas in 10 different industries. You kind of waited for it to come to you.
1: Yeah. I did, and it was in a field that I was familiar with. So I think that, for me, helped me get started a little bit faster than if I had said, I'm going to go build an app, you know, and I know nothing about building an app. Like, I was in fashion. I had been in retail. My boss, actually, before I started Alala, he is a billionaire, and he um had started all these like brands and companies and so I learned a lot from him and I was able to take a lot of that learning like directly into Alala. That's a big part of it too. I think if you want to start something like maybe look around you and look in your your role or your job or your industry and like identify those things you know sometimes we're like why is this so complicated or like I hate the way we do this or like this is stupid the way we do that you know (laughs) yeah those I think are the opportunities that I would say like make the most sense maybe to explore as business ideas versus like just pulling something out of thin air and for me like I'd always known I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was like a teenager and so It just took me a long time to, like, find something that I was like, okay, like, this makes sense for me. Like, I'm really excited about it. And there's potential for this to actually be a business.
0: All this to say, I feel like what I'm hearing is, like, it is not a waste of time to start your career in – not even corporate, corporate, but, like, in a 9-to-5 job, not entrepreneurial. Like, there's a – especially, like, I feel like there's so many people in college who are like, I'm going to get out of here and be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. because it's this glamorized thing right now. And it's like – it's okay to do that in 5 to 10 to 15 to 20 years after you've learned from people that you work for. So I think hearing stories like yours and like you went in the industry, you had almost mentors and you got to learn from being in it. And mm-hmm. then when the idea came to you, it, you had almost a leg up to know more about the industry at that point. Yeah. So totally. You have like imposter syndrome along the way at all.
1: Yeah. (laughs) How do you not? I
0: feel like it's just a word for
1: self-doubt. Like who doesn't have self-doubt? I had it then. I have it now. I have it. You know, I think it's something that is just it's a reality. I think as you go from each stage to each stage, you will have imposter syndrome, right? Like I'm doing some stuff now. I'm putting an advisory board together. And I've never done that before. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to these people who are very successful and have had a lot of success in their life and ask them to be, you know, part of the Alala's next phase of our journey. Um, And that makes me nervous. I don't know, you know, like how to really do it. And I'm trying to figure it out the best that I can. Um, But yeah, like you'll always have imposter syndrome, I think. Like when I started Alala, It was even hard for me to be like, oh, like I'm a founder, you know, like to even say that or to own that identity like takes a while for you to get into. And so I think the imposter syndrome is very natural and normal. I just wouldn't let that stop you from actually doing the thing. And I think the other part of that is learning to just listen to your gut and your intuition. The stronger I think your connection is to yourself in that way. The less you'll feel the imposter syndrome because you are so grounded in what you believe is the right thing to do. I
0: totally agree with that. I feel like anytime I'm really strong on my meditation game and my journaling and like making sure I believe in myself and like am listening to my gut in every decision I make, I just feel so much more confident. Like I mentioned, my career journey, it's like I feel confident going back to corporate, quitting my job, whatever the hell it is, because I'm listening. To my gut, is there mm-hmm. anything you've done to sort – you said you've done, like, personal work in the past five years. Is there anything specific that you've done to help strengthen that?
1: I think it's, a like, a lot of learning. So I've taken a lot of courses. I've worked with a lot oh. of coaches. You know, even for me, like, understanding my human design was something really interesting. What are you? I'm a generator. I'm a manifesting generator. Yeah. <laughs> so even that, like, I'm like, oh, like, some of the stuff really, like, is – really accurate I think to how I feel and like generators and mani gens like we wait for ideas to come to us mm-hmm. you know we're not out there creating ideas so like just understanding a little bit of that stuff and you know just saying okay like this is how maybe I work best um, is really helpful and then for me it's not one practice that I've done like over all the years mm-hmm. I feel like at certain times I need different things yeah. sometimes I'm journaling every day Sometimes I don't journal at all, like, and I do more meditation. Sometimes I really just, you know, I don't listen to music on my walks and I I let my mind, like, go. Um, so it, it takes different forms, but I think it's always there and it's something that I've consciously always want to work on. You know, when I notice like, oh, like, why are you so upset about this thing? Or like, why is this person pissing you off so much? Like Reflecting. Reflecting. Yeah. And understanding, oh, it's because they remind me of this other person that, you know, did this terrible thing to me. Or whatever it was. Yeah.
0: yeah. I feel like the overall theme here is just understanding yourself and like doing whatever the hell the practice is to understand yeah. yourself. because. I think that's kind of what's helped me is, like, I understand myself so much that I just keep drawing back on this career thing because it just feels so relevant. But, like, you know, you quit your job, you think you're never going to go back to corporate. And then I went back to corporate and I didn't have this, like, identity crisis or anything like that because I understood myself and where I was at and what I was prioritizing and all of that so much that, like, I... I was like, no, this is the right next step. It's not mm-hmm. a step backwards. It's an evolution. And so just I feel like whatever form it takes, getting to know yourself kind yeah. of that's what like your intuition is or having a mm-hmm. strong intuition. It's like, no, I know myself. And like, this is just the next the next step, the next thing I need to do. It'll get to the next thing or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So something I wanted to ask you, every wellness founder, like literally every single one I've had on this podcast and I've had founder of Y7, Pevolve, like all of these, you know, wellness or fitness heavy brands. They all have this kind of imposter syndrome too when it comes to like body image and feeling like you have to take a certain, like you have to look a certain way and no founder thinks they look the way they should look mm-hmm. to represent their brand mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Even trainers I've had on this podcast are like who you might look at and be like, you are ripped and they're like, I feel this pressure to almost stay Ripped to be a personal trainer or an instructor, whatever it is. Do you ever feel this imposter syndrome of like I need to look a certain way to be a wellness brand founder?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I definitely think I did all through my journey, and I don't feel as much anymore, but it's still there, right? I think loving yourself is such a process. It's not like you're like, okay, I did it. I I'm done. I love myself, and it never changes. So it's definitely a journey that i think we are all on and when i started alala again like you know i'm not a size whatever and i don't you know i i'm me but for me in my own mind definitely did not fit into like the founder like the female founders no one thinks they know right (laughs) and it's like okay like you see the girls on like the cover of entrepreneur like they're getting these articles written up about them and like I think at first I was like oh well I really don't fit that mold and it really made me like shy away I think from like wanting to be like in the forefront of the brand and so you know for like the early days of Alala a little bit less now but Like, I wasn't, like, on the Instagram. Like, my face wasn't on the Instagram. We didn't really, like, do a lot of that. And I think at the time, you know, when Instagram first started, it was very, like, aesthetic. Yes. Like, it's very different than it is now. But I think if you are starting a brand now, like, your journey and starting the brand and and running the brand is such a cool part of why people love you and why people want to follow you and want to know what you're up to. And so... You know, I think it's it's a constant back and forth. And I don't know if you feel this too. Like sometimes like I really want to put myself out there. Sometimes I just feel like, ugh, like I don't like totally. and I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel good about, you know, how I look or whatever. one week of the month. Yeah. Every <laughs> single month I feel that. <laughs> so yes, I do feel it. I felt it all, you know, through the ten years of of having a lala and I think you recognize, I think we all recognize how important the, the, not the looks, but like your presentation, your physical presentation is in terms of like, you know, being part of the brand. But I also think you can embrace how special and individual you are in that and really celebrate that versus like try to tamp down all the things that are different about you. And also representation,
0: because if you were feeling that way, like you didn't see anyone who looked mm-hmm. like you taking on that role. Yeah. I'm sure you couldn't see it this way at the time when you were first starting, but like what an amazing opportunity to attract people like you, even like as a female, as an immigrant, as a minority, all the things, like to show up and be like, I'm a badass female founder and yeah. I've made a million dollars by thirty five or over a million dollars. I feel like now you're kind of showing up in that. In, and yeah. in that power. Was there a point where you were like, oh, like, was there a turning point? Maybe it's I feel like sometimes when the brand gets successful, maybe you just feel a little more empowered in that. But was there a turning point where you were like, wait, this is cool. I need to show up and like kind of bring some representation to the industry.
1: Yeah, I think as my confidence grew as a CEO and as an entrepreneur, it was a little bit easier to kind of say like, OK, I'm going to show up more now. But again, I think it was also part of like me spending time learning about myself and learning to love myself and all those things that really brought me to this point where I'm like, I'm going to show up just like you said, I'm going to show up because, you know, not only do I want people to hear our story and know like what happens behind the scenes of the company, but if what I say and what I do can help somebody else who is looking to do what I want to do, you know, and who looks like me or identifies you know, as someone similar to me, like that's worth the discomfort of showing up because it is still uncomfortable. You know, right. I actually had a, a video go viral like earlier this year at fifty million views on holy Twitter. shit! <laughs> yeah, it was insane, but it Put was it on, on a threads. very <laughs> it was on a very controversial topic okay. of which I spoke like thirty seconds, but people were angry. It was about off. it <laughs> was um. About how I wouldn't get married so young. Okay. So I've been married. I've been divorced now. Okay. And there was so much discomfort. And I think a lot of people feel this. Like, I was always scared that this would happen to me. And it actually happened to me. (laughs) You know, that a video goes viral. Like, people have all these, like, troll comments. The worst. Nasty, nasty comments. And because it was about, like, divorce, like, you know, it's a very heated topic. And a lot of people had a lot of things to say about it. What was your take? Just, I wish I didn't get married so young. Yeah, that, like, I grew as a person and that person that, you know, I was married to, like, after 10 years of being together, like, are you even the same people anymore? Like, I wanted different things. He wanted different things. And so we decided to split up. But, you know, people were very upset. They're like, you should stay with the person that you're with for, like, you know, like, what's marriage if you're just going to get divorced and wow, all this stuff. Um, <laughs> 50 million I feel like that's not that it's controversial a, no, that's why it's so crazy I know it's crazy well there are a lot of yeah very a lot of people who are very upset about yeah. it I think I took a, a really beautiful lesson away which okay. was that the universe was giving me exactly what I needed which was that very uncomfortable situation that I was really scared of they're like okay well here it is like here's thousands of people saying like you're an idiot you know and like you're a bad person That now I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I did that. Exposure therapy. Exactly. (laughs) I got over my fear in, like, a very, like, visible, painful way. And now I can, like, move on. But, again, there are probably so many people who identify. Like, the noise is so much louder.
0: But I guarantee, what, 25 million of those people, which is a shit ton of people. Like, let's just say, agree with you or identify with you or wanted a divorce and, and felt like they couldn't get one or whatever it might be. It's like you probably were just seeing the noise, but you probably helped so many people in just that like random. I'm sure that was like kind of a random thing for you to post about. Yeah, it was totally random. And I was like,
1: okay, this is the one that like gets crazy. Of course, always. (laughs) Of
0: course, it's not like about the brand. It's not going to sell your clothes. It's about divorce. Yeah. (laughs) Always. What does help you on those bad body image days or those days where you're getting attacked on social media? Like numbers aren't going well in sales in your business like just as a final takeaway is there anything and it you could say no
1: but is there anything that does help you I go back to the things that like always make me happy like for me right now I have two dogs and like you know just turning off your phone like putting it aside and really trying to focus on like being present in the moment like is what helps me the most so whether that's with my boyfriend or the dogs usually all of them together you know like I feel so much more grounded and like grateful I think that's a that's a big part of this too is like focusing on what you can be grateful for and there's so many things you can always be grateful for even on a very difficult day that's what helps me kind of get through it Totally. I I do the five minute journal. Mm. I don't know if
0: you Mm -hmm. do that, but at the end of every day, you have to write three amazing things that happened today. So even on a day where I'm like, you know, day one of my period did absolutely nothing. I feel like crap, like all of the things. I still have to write down three things that happened today that were great. And every morning I have to write three things I'm grateful for. And it's really helped me if anyone's like struggling with finding things you're grateful for or whatnot. It's helped me kind of develop that muscle of, like, there's always something
1: that went well. There's always something you can find in the day or something to be grateful for. So I like that. And I think us humans, we are so conditioned, right? Like, um, your reticular activating system. Like, if I talk about a red car, you'll start to see red cars everywhere. So the same thing, if you always talk about how you're miserable or you hate your job or nobody, you know, nobody ever gives you a fair chance, like... Those are the things that will show up more in your life. Confirmation bias. Exactly. You're just going to
0: keep yeah. finding things to confirm. Like, yeah. see, this is why I hate mm-hmm. my job instead mm-hmm. of like... Seeing the good. Seeing the good or even like, okay, what is it I don't like about my job? And like, how can we find the opposite of that in another direction? And I think that's what your gratitude
1: practice lets you do. Yeah. Is focus on what you're grateful for and have more of those things come into your life.
0: And then like the journaling and the silent walks and whatnot help you to reflect on the things you don't like in in a healthier way where your intuition can then like guide you to a better solution. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Fun facts and favorites.
1: Um, What is your top self-care tip? Oh, mine is to spend time quietly with yourself. Love it. What's your favorite way to move? I'm loving Pilates right now, but honestly, any way moving is a good day for me. Love
0: (laughs) it. It's very true. Um, Are you a book reader or podcast listener? Podcast listener. Okay. Favorite podcast right now? Uh, Diary of a CEO by what? Stephen Bartlett. Do you watch on YouTube ever? No, I actually really enjoy the YouTube because uh. they like it's very intense. They're like sitting across yeah. from each other in this like, like mystical room. I love it. I just watched the Alex Cooper so, one. Oh, so good. Wellness product you can't
1: live without right now. Wow. I would actually say I started tracking my macros, so oh. I've been very into my Fitness Pal. <laughs> okay Literally. good app okay where can the people find you alala all of the things so for alala you can find us on instagram at alala and our website is alalastyle.com. um and personally for me you can find me at denise x lee uh on instagram and tiktok i'm obsessed with your reels by the way oh thank you You've been
0: crushing it thank you <laughs> like every like today is one popped up that was like don't take your parents advice like look to people (laughs) like other people in the space in the industry loved that one um so thank you go check out her reels (laughs) thanks Jan. thank you guys so much for listening to that episode please 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 leave a five-star rating on spotify apple podcasts if you just can't get enough of this podcast go subscribe over on youtube you can see the full-length video episodes and shorter clips as well You can find TikTok clips over at Jen Lauren with two N's. You can find Instagram reels if that's your jam over on Instagram at Jen underscore Lauren with two N's and even dare to self care pod on Instagram. So you never have to go a day without dare to self care.